What's going on, guys, and welcome back. Today, we'll be talking about the OTA recap and how great Nick Fury is alongside Nimrod, Red Skull, and more. We're also going to be talking about cards that need that buff as well. The ones that are underplayed, they're just terrible, and which cards need the buff the most. And then lastly, we'll be talking about Spider-Man 2099, who comes out today, and our final rankings on all of the June cards. We'll be talking about all that today and more on this episode of the Snapchat. And as always, I am joined by Mr. Alex Kocha. My God, what a weak man. Spotlight catches OTA. One might say, Alex, what would one might say? One might say that it's an absolutely fantastic time to be a Marvel Snap player. Dude, how you doing, man? It's good to have you. We got another great episode ahead of us. Some solid subjects. How's the week going? What are we talking about on your side? I I'm ready to get to some good chats today, bud. Yeah, the week's been amazing. I mean, there's been so many incredible announcements. The future is looking bright for Marvel Snap and for all of its players, Cozy. And I think that, as we just said, it's an exciting time to be a Marvel Snap player because there are so many things coming down the pipeline that are going to be momentous. Basically, we're going to be talking about one-cost power creep, which I think is a major point of discussion with the new cards that have been released. We're going to talk about Spotlight Caches 101 and some of the best Series 4 and 5 cards for you to target. We don't know what's going to be released at when, but we know that we have some cards that you're going to want to get into your hands. Finally, we're going to talk about the best Turn 6 Surprise cards in Marvel's Snap right now. I think the Turn 6 Surprise is a major play form right now because, I mean, listen, you're going into 4 A cubes in Conquest mode. If you can catch someone by surprise, you have a greater chance to take those cubes. It's been such a crazy time. You know, we had the whole Conquest happened with the Galactus and the Wildness. A absolute smashing OTA. And then just the answer that a lot of people were looking for with card acquisition. Definitely know we're going to be talking um, a lot about that. Cozy, what did you do to your headphones? Oh my gosh, it's sad. I don't even want to talk about it. It's like losing a family member, man. It's, uh, funny enough, I actually have the footage of when it, when they broke. I was filming a Destroy Guide, so I think it's actually like just perfectly on, on cue. I was taking them off, man. Like this, and then just just snapped right off. And maybe it was like a wee bit aggressive. Maybe I lost on match three on conquest. However, they did broke. It, it, they 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 did, they broke it. It was sad. It was a sad uh, day. And I honestly think I'm about to cave and, and just buy some more because that I I tried the blues. I've tried to to date another girl here, and it's just not working out. It's so weird seeing your ears blue. It's just it's just not right. Like they need to be white. Like I need to see those white, like just beautiful beats glow coming from your ears. And instead, you're trying to find them. I, he, oh, he's going. He's going. He's gone. Let's do it. There they okay. are. Okay. Listen, listen. It's fine. We don't even need this here. That's so sad. It's it's the end of an era. Honestly, the end of an era. Thirty three episodes of the Snapchat. With those particular headphones, well, at least mine are holding out, so we get to keep the uh, the streak alive. But uh, I gotta tell you, blue still looks good on you. Did you pick the shirt to match or what? Dude, uh, no, I just again, I, I went with another like just eyesore of a what the hell, what the hell is he wearing? And you know, whipped it out. I uh, I gotta say, headphone colors come in just the most. It's like a Toyota Corolla. It's like just black, <laughs> white, or just god awful. And I need those colors that just. Make you want to dance. I, I get it, man. Toyota Corolla is the most uh, the most reliable vehicle on the road, one might say. And oh my you just God. want reliable headphones that also look beautiful. I get it. But like You sound like someone listen, who wears you're all sneakers style. on the beach with crew socks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Before our first subject, I think we kind of just, let's just touch on it, man. Spotlight caches. Cashes. I've said it wrong, and I'm probably going to keep saying it wrong. Just like half the names in Marvel. 
Dude, first impressions on there. I know we're going to be talking about a lot on your side, but uh, like first impressions, uh, you know, we finally got the, the, the answer per se to what their plans are for card acquisition. My first impressions are that it's an extremely positive first step. Like this is more than a first step. It's a leap forward for card acquisition. And the thing that I really have confidence in is that if there is a situation where, you know, they quite kind of misstep, maybe we're not getting as many cards as we want or the gap between spotlight caches is too high. I do think that second dinner will, will remedy that. I think that they're going to listen. Like if they got to move from one to 10 to one to nine, then they're going to do it. I think that it shows that they're committed to making the best game that they can. And for me, it's really reassuring to see that they identified that the collection system was not broken, but it wasn't working as it should have been. And so seeing this major change, this incredibly major change for me was like a really humbling thing because it, it really solidified my confidence in this yeah. game moving forward. Card acquisition is weird because they have to get rid of things that they put in originally if they're doing new things, right? And that's where, like, uh, the choose-your-own-card went away. And I think that was, like, really weird at first. And it, it got a little bit more normalized after a while. And then now we're having, like, the collector tokens uh, getting scaled back a lot. But then that brings a ton. But I think you, you kind of nailed it when you said, I think they're going to make it feel good no matter what. Like, that's kind of the goal and the mission here. And at this point, I still, I just... I have no confidence issues in second dinner to, to make it feel right. And I think that's that's the goal, right? Uh, finding that balance of what the players are looking for. And, and dude, just honestly, just in a nutshell, just the fact that like upgrading cards means getting more cards, that alone, like I've been looking for that personally, myself, selfishly, since release, because I've been playing since beta. I have not had that feeling in so long. Like these caches mean almost nothing to me outside of getting some pixels that I can kind of meme about, man. So, you know, the exclusive variants, the spotlights, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to break it all down. But yes, a big confidence boost in a lot of players right now. Without question, it's a major change. And you're right. They are looking towards their PC launch and correcting these things was in like paramount they had to fix these things prior to that pc launch because if they didn't and then they I, in my opinion the pc launch represents a massive opportunity for second dinner marvel snap right it really allows them to solidify their space in the competitive ccg space and so getting these kind of you know systematic changes in place and giving them time which is important time to you know change things, remedy things, make a couple modifications, change a couple numbers here and there if they need to based on feedback, I think is going to do wonders for them long-term. If it feels bad, I think they're going to fix it. Like they're going to listen to the feedback they've said they would. And I don't have doubts. I, I really don't. The one small, I'm telling you, man, I feel like we're still at the baby stages of the conquest store. I, I feel like that's a good making up point for a lot of this, whether it's gold, whether it's even variants in there, make things you can make them much more expensive. I think people are having like plenty of metals. I don't think metals are even an, uh, like an issue right now. But if that, if that was the case, then you have a way to kind of still have like free to play and things like that, acquire more gold or variants if they miss that. And I think it's an opportunity that they, they should and could look at. But, you know, we're going to talk the rest over there on Alex's side of the channel. Let's talk about the OTA. That was a, a pleasant surprise, man. I'll be damned. Might be my favorite that we've had. I don't know if it's because of the cards that were chosen because I'm not even a huge like Nameron Red Skull guy, but it's like what the, the little, the, the kind of tiny things around it, followed by a nerf that felt bad, but also like, let's face it, probably was really needed. Man, let's let's start with Nick Fury, right? We got to start because that's what a lot of this episode's based around Nick Fury, the Nick Fury treatment, making a card go from unplayed to uh, now a pretty dang good card, uh, and then cards that also need that buff. So, bro, initial thoughts on Nick Fury and his change. 
I think Nick Fury is absolutely fantastic because, first of all, I'm a huge Nick Fury fan. I've always been a Nick Fury fan. In fact, this Snapchat podcast has been the spot where I have like cried for and begged for this buff to come at some point. And I, you know what? I love this. And the reason why is because if it was just me designing a game, I just made him a five, eight and gone to bed and be like, Hey, I did it. But you know what they did? They're like, no, Alex, you're an idiot. We're going to do it better. We're going to do it better than you would have. Even though you're a Nick Fury fan, we're going to do it better. We're going to make him a four five. We're going to allow him to synergize with one of the best cards in the game in Zabu. We're going to allow him to get pulled from Agent Coulson. We're going to allow Shield to be an entire archetype because we're game designers and you know you're not. So I'm so happy. I'm so happy with this change, dude. As somebody like the whole reason I even like Agent Coulson is because of the flow of how it works and because of the spontaneity that comes with the. Card. Card. and honestly rewarding someone who plays the game a lot and is able to get random cards and make like crazy plays that the opponent's not expecting and then i i feel like they just did that times a million with nick fury now i have an option if i get quinjet down of two six costs that as you know can dramatically change the game but at the same time even if you only get one of them or you get she hulk and magneto and you float turn five and then you play she hulk and magneto but you're playing a deck like discard and why do you have those cards like oh man it feels so damn good as just a solo card and then to your point exactly what man how many cards i mean this is where a perfect ota comes right when a card gets adjusted and you have quinjet collector devil dinosaur all these cards in one kind of get a net buff too man Rocks and Hawks 2.0, Nick Fury, Devil Dinosaur. This is this is your era, man. My era, our era. I love it, dude. So what are some of your favorite things about Nick and, and how he works? So I love the fact he's a forecast. I actually did this play during Conquest. I absolutely loved it. I had dropped the Devil Dinosaur in turn five. And I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to Shang-Chi it for sure. They're going to Shang-Chi it. I have initiative. I had an answer. I had an answer. You know what I did? I played Ghost Spider, moved the devil dinosaur dropped Nick Fury. So not only did I move devil dinosaur, but he ramped into a location they had not expected and took those cubes. It was like tear inducing because it was just so beautiful. And I love everything about this card simply because first of all, it's interaction with Zabu is incredible. You now have a situation where as a three cost on turn six, like you don't need to play them on turn four. Like if you play them on turn six, you are ramping collector. As you mentioned, you are ramping devil dinosaur. You're refilling your hand. You're doing all this extra stuff. Like he adds this like X factor that didn't exist before. Yeah, dude, I had a game of Atelian and our game, our, our hand got reshuffled and my devil was the smallest dino you've ever seen on the board, man. But I had Zabu out and on turn six, I played Nick and agent. I filled my hand. I made that devil go from nothing to like little foot to, uh, to, you know, the big T-Rex dude. It was it, there's a lot of new kind of things that you can do with them. Um, I will say, so I've got like my uh, Rocks and Hawks upgraded guide coming out. I was going to release it like the day after and I'm like, no, hey, this is my baby. I want to make sure that I really perfect the deck and try a bunch of different combinations out. I will say you can fall into a trap with them, kind of like a Deadpool and trying to get them too high and all these things, right? You can fall into clogging the crap out of your hand very quickly. Like if you're like sentinel collector you know uh maria hill you dude you, you're not even gonna be able to get these cards it took me a little adjusting i don't know about you yeah absolutely i actually uh i released a video just on this uh this past weekend where i actually did uh, an omega red base list with nick fury and devil dinosaur because like i'm like listen 
People are not going to expect me to be able to ramp up Nick, the Devil Dinosaur on turn six with a Nick Fury play on six. And then with that extra three energy, because Zabu's on the board, I play Omega Red, put four across the board. Like it's just, it kind of solves the lateral problem with Devil Dinosaur where it goes super high, but it can't go super wide. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had done that. But one thing I did was I, I cut Agent 13 and I actually uh, cut Sentinel from those lists because you're right. My hand was just rammed. Like I couldn't even draw cards half the time. And so, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's Agent 13's got to go. And even like, like in, you can play you can play Nebula there, right? I was actually you can play anything you want. Like Nebula is a great just oh it's going to sit there and just create value. I think Agent Thirteen's cuttable. I think that's uh, Sentinel's cuttable. Even Maria Hill, but I do like Maria Hill still. Honestly. Yeah, for me it's like I feel like the perfect thing to do with your deck. You never want to do three things. You want to do two things. So like if you do one thing, it's you sometimes and and it depends on the deck. Like discard is fine, but sometimes you can get a little bit too overboard there. But if you could do, like, two things, that means you have two win conditions, you have two things that are happening. Like, Collector can make me so mad, right? Because if you don't play him on two or three, it's like, dude, this is a dead card. But at the same time, you play him on two or three, and he's like a two-seven minimum, and it feels, like, really strong. One thing I think is is so good about Nick, it's not just, we're on a first name, uh, it's, it's not just the fact that he got the buff. It's that over the course of months... Which they they saved his buff guys for Secret Invasion. Don't know if you've seen actually really good show. It's 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 it surprised me. I hate that. I listen. I don't want to be like holding, but it's cool. It's thematic, but I don't want to be like holding buffs. I know they're doing it on purpose. I think they've already said that. But I'm like, come on, you could have done Nick months ago. But you know, okay, I get it. But with that, because it's been months, all of the six cost man, most of them, I would say eighty percent plus, are pretty good to get. Whereas I don't know if that was the case even a couple months ago. Uh, these are all uh, a little bit better. Uh, Alex, I don't know how you feel, but you know, outside of uh, really like Noel, not destroy Agatha. Honestly though, here's the thing, dude, if you have Quinjet, Agatha is one of the best to pull because she's a five fourteen. You don't get to pick where she goes, but she's playing on five with 14 F and power. Even Agatha. Yeah, I guess that's true. Even Agatha's decent with a Quinjet on board. I, I hadn't really considered that, but I guess, yeah. Agatha's uh, maybe the new meta? I've played an embarrassing amount of games with uh, the new Nick Fury, and I got... Funny enough, I don't know if there's... Uh, I, I'm sure it's random, but I only got Agatha twice uh, out of hundreds of play, but I had Quinjet both times, and I was like, yeah, give me the 14 unless it's on Rickety Bridge, but using them to your advantage, like, you know, playing the leader down when they weren't... Exp you know, leader's one of those cars that feels kind of janky to throw into a lot of your decks... Dude, I'll take a free leader all day. Like, that's the ultimate card, right? What are some of your six-cost cards that have been, like, feeling the best from Nick? Truthfully, I often don't even play my six drops. Like, for me, it's often... I Yeah, like, seriously, this sounds crazy, but you play Devil Dinosaur... You play Mystique and then Nick Fury. <laughs> like, like I, you don't need the six cost. Like, you let Nick Fury stuff the hand, and then, like, the Mystique and Devil Dinosaur are laughing their asses off the entire time. Like, I actually find myself most commonly not building around actually using the six drops he's pulling, but I would rather just use the prop up for the Devil Dinosaur, which might sound nuts. But that's the way I've been playing them for the last uh, several days. Yeah, so like one of my mistakes was I was doing Collector, Build Up, Devil Dinosaur, going for the six costs, using those, and then like squeezing in Rocks and Hawks. And it was like too much going on. The Darkhawk package just kind of works. Although it is funny now that like Korg and Rock Slide, you kind of have to like force in that deck now a bit more because of like the, the cards around it. Uh, but yeah, if you go Collector and Devil Dinosaur, or if you go kind of Rocks and Hawks and Devil or, you know, whatever, you focus on two of those. Uh, I agree. It, it works pretty well. And uh, Collector, just because he doesn't have ongoing or on reveal, uh, dude, it just, it feels like a good card. And Colson, man, 
The, the, I thought a couple times where Coulson gives you a nick and it's just like the holy shield grail, man. Whenever Coulson gives me a devil dinosaur, like I just, my heart stops for a moment and I shed a tear for my opponent. Like it's like, it feels so unfair. And it's just, it's just, it's the heart of the cards. You always believe in the heart of the cards. And I think that's what Agent Coulson's all about. Uh, yeah, man. Nick Fury, obviously solid. Excited to get my guide out on that. I would say next no, next most notable, uh, you know, I said this in my OTA review. I thought Nimrod was already underplayed. I thought he already had a lot of good synergy. Uh, but Nimrod, have you had the chance to fiddle around with, uh, with, the, with your rod? <laughs> yeah, I have actually quite often. <laughs> but uh, what, what I will say is that uh, I've been playing Nimrod in a uh, destroyer-based list. Honestly, like I still think it's solid, uh, you know, Shuri into Nimrod and having the option of playing destroyer or, you know, any other particular package you might be running, I think it's so good. Um, it's very easy to underestimate the fact that with Shuri, this is now like that six, that extra one power is actually two extra power. Like it's so it's a lot extra especially when it's replicating. So I do think that Nimrod is in a really fantastic spot. And like since release, like it always felt like Nimrod kind of needed something a little extra. Like he wasn't a horrible card, but he, he felt bad. And I think that the development team was correct to identify, even in the patch notes, that they, they had to fix Galactus first. Because they had buffed Nimrod. When <laughs> Galactus was still running rampant, I think like the order of events would have been a little shocking. Yeah, I'm still laughing. You said package with Nim and Rod. I, I'm, a, I'm a child. I So it's crazy that Nimrod has the potential. If you play Shuri on four, Nimrod on five, and you can land a Carnage Venom kind of play, you're putting out 24... Hey, let me say that again. 24 power if you do it right on multiple lanes. Like, dude, it, it he can get out there. He can get kind of crazy with his numbers. You do need some things to work out. I feel like the problem was is on paper, he looked like a Doom, but then you had to use your turn six to activate him. And by that time, it was already... I mean, it's turn six, right? And, and it's kind of obvious what you're doing. So definitely fun. I think that Destroy is now feeling really good. or pretty damn good at that. And yeah, Nimrod has a bright future. And then lastly, we had our 97th adjustment. It only took 97, man. And they got it right. Again, in final, because I've like shadow banned him from my, from my vision. But Red Skull, 514. Not quite the 15 he was. But he's back. And he's back indeed, dude. He's good again, huh? He is. He is good. And I think that the Sauron Shuri list is actually legit a very strong deck right now. Like, it is so good. I mean, going, I was playing it, like, I did a gold run with it, and uh, I was like, it felt unfair to do Taskmaster into Ebony Maw on turn six again with <laughs> the Red Skull coming out at, like, it's just, it's crazy what this deck is capable of. And uh, I actually really like this, that they that they kind of identified that Red Skull's personality, the, the whole, like, the reason why the card existed was missed when it went to a plus one enemy power. And like it, it was a five twelve or like it, it needed to be plus two. The stakes needed to be higher for Red Skull. The counterplay had to exist. This was a buff to, to Sauron who honestly went to pool three and like has been completely forgotten about. Like this is a very good card yeah. that disappeared, disappeared all because of like the Shuri effect. Now they were trying to target Shuri. Shuri's gone. I think Red Skull deserved a little bit of love. Well, when Ben Brode, I did the interview with Brode and he had uh, the Red Skull card that they had in uh, beta and it, it was the same. It was the plus two. Like this guy has been designed since the core days. And, you know, I feel like the thing is, is Shuri now has so many different answers around that card. So it just feels better. I would say arguably if it like ever became top, top medic and it, it's a frustrating build because it is pretty core and, and, and easy to mess around with. 
Well, we're getting even more, like even Spider 2099 is going to be another answer, I think, uh, to the Shuri decks. But also, man, like Ghost Spider feels really good with this card. Moving them kind of like you did with your Devil there works out. Taskmaster, man, guys, if you haven't done it already, you can play a Hulkbuster. But I got to say, dude, uh, coming from somebody that lo loved Evil Zoo is, you know, what I, what I deem it as. To have him again as an option in that deck and have the just the pure combo of zero and Red Skull together on turn six, reuniting for a 6-17. I know 17 is not the best, man, but it's, it's like such a, it's a, man, that's like an OG combo, you know? It is one of the OG combos. And you did bring up a very important point, by the way, that yes, there's more tools now to deal with Shuri, especially with the, the way, like the cadence and how you have to play on top of the given location. It's predictable with Shang-Chi, et cetera. However, because you're playing Red Skull and it's going to be so big, you usually have initiative and Ghost Spider is actually a tool now, like you mentioned, where you could pull that Red Skull out of the location yep. and dodge that Shang-Chi. So as many tools have been added to deal with Shuri, we also have a couple that counteract those tools as well. So I, I do think that like, I was nice. It was nice to see this cue ball get some love because I, I almost can regret saying that because I, I almost don't want Shuri Red Skull to be meta again because that was like a very dark time for yeah. Marvel Snap. But like, if it's being played a few percent and you see it every once in a while, that's fine. We need more viable decks. Well, yeah, it's like what Glenn said. You know, like power can be a win condition. It just can't be the only one. And so I feel like uh, if right now it's at a pretty good place. But if you have it, guys, and you want just like a good deck, man, it just sure is a good deck at the moment. It, it works pretty well. Uh, lastly, for the OTAs, probably the most controversial, which like, of course, like, of course, guys, it's like anything that is like loved by the majority. It'd be like if like, I don't know, the US was like, all right, well, Canada was like, you know, no more, uh, no more chocolate ice cream. You think like people are going to be like chill about that? Like everybody likes chocolate ice. I just feel like Dr. Doom is a card that everybody played. But I think that, I don't know, man. I don't know. I felt like I wanted a 6-6 six, six with the Doom bots going down to four, maybe. And then you have only a two power nerf. People were saying, we well, don't have any other card that's a 6-15. Well, yeah, but you're not getting it in one lane. So it was a little bit of a safety gate. My heart hurts for Doom. It hurts for him, but I do think it was appropriate. It was appropriate. I mean, it was by far the most played consistent like card in the game. Like everyone knows that Dr. Doom was number one. Like every tier list you make, every you want to unlock a pool three card. This is what you want to unlock. It, like Doom's at the top of all of them. I agree. Six, six probably would have been like good. I think nobody would have complained about that. I know it's complaining about this either necessarily, but I can see it being six, six eventually. What I will say, though, is I was surprised with the timing considering Sp Spider-Ham came out because I think Spider-Ham is a direct slap in the face to Doom. And mm -hmm. I think that had Spider-Ham given had more time to kind of like slap Doom out, <laughs> I think this nerf might have been not like not needed because I think Spider-Ham is enough if it's in the hand of enough players to take Doom down a couple of uh, pegs. Yeah, I. <sighs> Dr. Doom fans, they, they were in, they were in stitches this uh this last week because yeah, yeah the pig definitely did uh take him down a notch but yeah i mean it did, listen i made my pool three tier list going on six months ago and i had him as one of the best two cards in the game then and aero was up there she disappeared and it's kind of funny now because if you look at all the insane cards right the she hulks the the, the flexible the sunspot they've dealt with almost all of them i mean just i was truly looking around and i could be super picky and be like magneto not really They've dealt with, and, and yes, guys, high Evo, sure. I'm talking about, like, the plug and play across all decks. Now, I don't know, man. Like, Wave, 
I don't know. I think they're all done mostly, right? Is there one oppressive one left? There's nothing that's oppressive that's left, but I will say that you're right. There's no like true evergreen six drop anymore. You could, as you said, make the argument for Magneto being close to it. And I think the next closest could be Chavez to some degree. But outside of that, like both of them have their disadvantages. Both of them are not as plug and playable as Dr. Doom was. So I think you're right. Like the landscape for six drops has become more niche which I think is a good thing. You're going to see more variety of like closers. And I, I mean, we're going to be talking about the best surprise turn six plays. And so if you're not completely saying, well, like everyone's playing doom, right. Or everyone's playing leader. Like it was months ago. Then now those turn six surprise plays can hit a little harder. It's like the lizard effect. I think everybody was pissed about it because lizard was the card to play, but then ultimately it ended up being really good for two costs. Right. And then, and then other buffs and nerfs felt a bit more substantial. Uh, dude, I was at the beach. <laughs> Get this. I was at the beach walking, and I had a I had someone that recognized me. They came up and they're like, they're like, hey, you cozy? And it was great. It was cool to talk. And the two things they brought up, one was a a complete dig, and I'll tell you about that in a second. The other one was that he was pissed about the Doctor Doom nerf. But he comes up to me and he says, I can't believe you're wearing Crocs, Alex. I want to know what is your what is your stance on Crocs because this is one of the few things I was not a believer in. And now I'm sold. My opinion on footwear on a beach can cannot be taken seriously because my wife won't take me to the beach anymore. I don't own sandals. I don't own jeans. I don't own any, like I've owned a very specific type of garment. Most of them have three stripes on it. Adidas shirts. Yeah. And uh, I actually don't have sandals. So I wear my running shoes at the beach. Like on the sand. Dude, that's like serial killer like status. You wear shoe, like running shoes on the sand. Yeah, because first of all, the sand's usually pretty hot, and I don't have sandals. What am I supposed to do? Wear my socks? I'm going to be embarrassed to take you here. You're going to wear shoes in, like, what, like, high cruise socks? Yeah. Yeah, I have, like, regular, like, standard socks. I don't have ankle socks. That You're feels such a weird. teacher. You're such a teacher. So what about Crocs, though? Do you- I've never worn Crocs in my life. Do, do I look like someone who wears Crocs? Do I look like someone that wears Crocs? Yes, actually, you do. I bet you your Crocs are green. They don't. I don't have green. I, I, fun story. I actually hate the color green. No, I have red Crocs. I have you know, and I've decked them out with a with a Thanos. That when you walk, it lights up the Infinity Stone. That is ridiculous. It's fantastic. That's more ridiculous than me wearing running shoes on the beach. It's up there. It's definitely up there. Anyway, guys, I wasn't a believer in Crocs. I thought they looked stupid. Tried them on. Hey, they're really comfortable. I'm just saying. One might say. They're cozy. Anyway, we uh, we digress. It's been a minute since we've had a a, a, a rando convo uh, uh, here about uh, birds fighting each other. I want to talk about other cards that deserve the Nick Fury treatment. It's been a second since we've talked about card buffs that we think are desperately needing of one. I know that Glenn's kind of talked on some of them. And Alex, I got a couple that I'm actually pretty passionate about. You know, now that we're seeing the likes of Medusa and, and Nick... Nick freaking Fury getting these buffs. I think it's time that we we revisit some of these lone ones. Because, dude, I pulled up all the cards in the game, and I look through all of them. We're getting dangerously close to a really polished game where every card seems to have some sort of purpose, Alex. And, and it's exciting. Uh, but the one I want to open up with, this is the one that I think needs a cost change and an identity change. And again, guys, these are going to suck. And what I'm going to say is going to suck because I don't necessarily, I, I'll be honest, didn't take notes on what I would do to change them. Just kind of the passion I feel behind it, Alex. 
Colossus. Colossus is the one that I want to bring up first, man, because I don't care what you say. Nobody's playing this card, and if they are, it's a bot. I, I, there's no way that this iconic of a damn Marvel character can be this bad. I mean, a 2-3 that can't be destroyed. Who gives a rip? I, I, I feel like, Alex, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like now that, I don't know, ongoing decks with Spectrum turn six has been played since the dawn of dinosaurs, that this card's dead in the water. I feel like we should make this a high-cost card with pretty good power that's either unshunk or is just, like, a much bigger threat that can't be destroyed. Like, that's not a two-cost. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, like, if he's a 5-9, kind of like what Abomination is without the synergy with with uh, High of Evo, like, it would be interesting. Like, hey, it's a 5-9 that can't be Shang-Chi. I think it's kind of cool. 5-10 can't be Shang-Chi, kind of cool. There was a time where he was kind of playable in, like, the classic ongoing Destroyer list because you could actually play him into the Destroyer location that wasn't under armor. That was, like, very niche. And you're right. It's, like, it's such an iconic character. He's in the movies. Like, how do we not give him a little bit of love? It's it's kind of sad, and I think that we, man, I think the thing I really want to see, if you're going to leave him at 2-3, if you're going to leave him at 2-3, can we at least make it? I know this might be an engine change, I'm not a game dev, make it so he can't be destroyed in the deck. I Like, already, I think that's a huge upgrade. Like, if he can't be destroyed in the deck, just like Wolverine, in my opinion, if Wolverine gets hit with Yondu, it should pop onto the board. Like, those things should be happening. It drives me nuts that Wolverine will get yondu that Colossus will get yondu Like, I, I understand that, like, you know, there's reasons for that happening, I'm sure, because it's not played or whatever. But, like, even that would... It, actually, to be honest with you, that's not enough either. But that would be a good starting well, point. think about... So, if you were to raise his cost, even, like, a 6 or 5 cost, right? Think about not just the uh, the destruction aspect. Uh, power can be reduced. Man, talk about just playing this. You don't have Luke Cage plopping this baby down on top of, uh, you know, whether it's the, the storm and Cyclops BS or like just on negative zone and just like what a force, what a win condition, right? In itself, he's just like, good luck getting like 11 power plus to, to make up for this change. In that aspect, the moving aspect is interesting-ish. You can kind of bring that in more. Like, because the last thing I want to use him as a card is like Spider-29 might hit him. Whoa, you know, like it just, it doesn't feel good. There's not enough cards that destroy your own cards to benefit it. And a 2-3, man, nobody's... Dude, Juggernaut's like his... The, 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 it's a, a Colossus versus Juggernaut. And Juggernaut gets played 20 times more than this card, I feel like, right? Yeah, and the not being able to be moved part of it doesn't really benefit all that much. Like on occasion, because it can be targeted by Polaris, even though Polaris can't move it, that's kind of a thing, but like... Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's much of a benefit to be really relying on. Yeah. And so, so you know, I want to give you a card. One card we're going to skim over, though, is, is Angel. Angel, they've already said, very interesting, actually. So Angel is most definitely getting a kind of like a Dazzler rework. Like, they're, they're redoing this card. And they're so dedicated to building PC right now that there's no VFX artists to work on Angel. And that's what they need to be done to get Angel going. So I think that's a, a, a good thing for the PC build uh, coming sooner than we think, possibly. Uh, and B, it means Angel is going to be dumped on for a little bit longer, but I hope they get it right because this is another uh, pretty, pretty iconic. One of the, I think not one of the, the original X-Men, funny enough. Like, yeah. like, Epis the like OG, yeah. OG. Um, Comic one, he's in it. Yep. 100%. And it's funny because like I've been trying to catch up with the lore and when they released this variant, actually, I got a little sad 
because I was like, that's, that's Archangel. That's not, that's not necessarily Angel. That's Archangel. I'm like, Archangel could have been its own card. I was like, what are we doing? But long story short, I'm happy to know that it's on its, the radar, right? Because Angel's been such a bad card. Like there's a couple cards that like, oh, it's a bot. It's Angel. It's Nakia, right? It's Colossus. And uh, I'd like to see Angel get some love because, uh, I mean, its effect is kind of cool. Like it, it, it is kind of cool, but like it's... It has the Quicksilver effect. It's always in your hand. It always. Give me, give me a card on your list that you think, uh, you know, maybe just gets you passionate, like the Colossus here. What, what's something that you think just needs a little bit of love? All right. I want to talk about Quake for a second. And I, I'm not talking about just power. I'm not talking about just power. I have an idea for Quake. Okay. okay. So right now, Quake has an approximately 46% win rate, which is horrible, which is horrible. 46%, like, that's not what you want. I think that quake in and of itself like making a 2-4 or whatever you could maybe get away with it but i like again that's lazy nick fury's got me like thinking that we could be a little further outside the box here i really do think that quake if you made the effect not random if there was a like if you held quake over the board over the middle location and it actually showed you where the locations are going to swap to that in and of itself would be like if there was a consistency oh so you don't get a pick even if you don't get a pick but you get to see i think it's interesting yes there has to be something i would like to see the person playing quake have some agency over like how they can follow quake up or you know like imagine you're playing quake on turn six with nexus and you know that nexus is going to land there so you can quake mid and drop Darkhawk into where you know nexus is going to be well it's it's the fact that they i think quake was in design because of hot and feature locations and that was going to be her kind of area to shine doesn't exist anymore conquest i mean we just saw the popular car list we did a couple snapchat this is the word this is the one of the least played cards in all of the game and, and it does have a bit of an identity crisis and i agree there's a lot of cards that i feel like if they gave more player agency around it, they would be better. Nakia, you know, like there's ones that if uh, the, the Howie the Duck was the, the the trailblazer a little bit in uniqueness. It, it's funny when they introduce new mechanics, it's usually led with a couple of bugs here and there, you know, i.e. the whole pig thing. And so, you know, I think it would take a lot of back work. And I think we might see some of these changes when PC comes out because that's when I think maybe more of their team can get on it. But I agree. I think Quake... He's definitely one that was a card that was designed for an era that's gone in Snap. So I do like the pick a lot. Got to bring up another card. Uh, I've got a new video uh, series that I've been doing. It's called Wheel of Snap. And I spin a wheel and I get two cards from each cost. And it's a blast. I'm going to have you on it, man. But it forced me to play this card. And I got to be honest, man. I know he's a meme and it's fun to make fun of him a little bit. But I honestly felt like Watu isn't as bad as he is per se when I had him in my starting hand, to see the locations ahead of time felt really good. Honestly, especially in Conquest. Not, maybe not Ladder. But in Conquest, he felt really good to know what was ahead. Like Death Domain, and I played into it early. I feel like with this card, man, it doesn't even have to be this like rocket science change. Just if he's in your deck or just at all. If he exists in your playing field, you could see all three locations no matter what. Keep him as a one-two. What do you think about that? It's a great start. Like, honestly, I think that might just be it. Like, if you just make it so that, like, no matter what, if Watu's in your deck, you can see the locations ahead of time. Great start. Great change. Because realistically, like, what? Like, you pull him on turn five and you got a one, two. Like, great. You pull if you don't play him on one, he sucks. You're not going to ever play him, right? Yeah. Like, but the realistic truth is that that effect occurs even if he's in the deck. I think that's great. The other alternatives, like, what? Is he a one, one, but he starts in your hand? Mm, I think I like your version better. 
I, I just don't think that it's over the top. I still don't know if he'll be played all that much, but at least he'll have a a tad bit more use. And and I know that people, like some people, really hate getting screwed over by locations. So maybe this helps you a bit more. Or maybe you're on, I don't know, the, the round before high stakes, and you're playing a discard deck, and that third location Sokovia, and they don't know it, but you do, and you just get out of dodge before it's too late. I, I just, there's some things that I think he could work in, Zulis per se, that it, I think he's got a shot. He's fun to meme at. He doesn't need all that much. Now, Alex, the, the other card that I, I, I think that uh, is a clear, at this point, he would be, he's like the token card that people kind of want to make fun of. And I think he's a new representation of this card needs an OTA badly. And I'm not talking about just a number fluff. I'm talking about a complete kind of Nick Fury change, and that is the Punisher. The only thing that this guy is punishing is your cubes, your win rate, and, and honestly, your sanity. Man, Punisher is a joke. Uh, he's a bad card, doesn't do a lot. And I feel like if I was going to change him, because if it was going to be a 3-3, kind of like our Nick Fury change, we would have seen it by now, right? I feel like that's something they could have slurped into an OTA. What if he actually punched the player, right? Like, what if they had some kind of mechanic and, and you either boost the power down low, the plus one, or like every card they add to a location he gets a little bit more power and it kind of scales up, right? So he's actually punishing and he's, he's creating this like fear factor about him. What are your thoughts? I, I like that. Kind of like the reverse nebula effect, like punishing the opponent for playing that location. That's a cool idea. It's actually like punishing. It's the punisher. Good job, Cozy. I like that one a lot. Um, For me though, like I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to conserve that, that kind of thematic where you have the punisher who in ideal circumstances is a three, six, you have Mr. Fantastic, who in ideal circumstances is a 3-6. And you also have Captain America, who, surprise, is a 3-6 under ideal circumstances. But I think the difference is, is that you have your own agency in how you get the 3-6 value from Captain America and from Mr. Fantastic. With Punisher, it's in your opponent's hands. And so when that happens, I think you need a little bit more. You're right to identify that a 3-3, although, like, honestly, for me, I think that's, like, a very no-risk change. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, they made Punisher 3-3, the meta's ruined, right? Like, they could have just done that, and maybe they are planning something bigger. But, honestly, if they even moved him to 3-3 to see what's up and what happens, like, that's fine with me. Like, he's he's literally the worst. Is he the worst card in Snap? Like, he's got to be one of the worst cards in he's Snap. He's up there. I mean, but, like... Okay, Thor... Or, yeah, Thor's a great example, right? He's a 3-cost that, like, scales to a 10 with the right things happening. Yes, he takes a card draw. There's a lot of more risk there, but I feel like he could have a bit more identity or bump up the cost. But on that note, if you don't mind, I'd like to bring up another card that I think is not quite like the Punisher. It's not obviously bad. Like Punisher is like, it's fodder. It's like a punching bag of just insults, right? But there's a card that I think on paper, when you look at it, you're like, you know what? This card's really good. And when you design a deck, you're like, I'm going to put this card in. It's going to have this broken combo. And then all of a sudden you realize, I got to cut this card. It's just not necessary. That's a, the four cost absorbing man. And I know that's going to be a hot take for some people, but I really do think that absorbing man is undertuned. It has a 48% win rate and it is most commonly the card that I start a build around and then I cut it out. I don't know if you experienced that too, but I find myself taking absorbing man out of almost every deck. I start putting them in. You can tell I play a lot of Absorbing Man. Like I, like I, I like the card a lot. I, I mean, I got him gold back. I think it's like a ton of fun. If I go back to my earlier videos of unreleased cards and I and I brought up Absorbing Man, I was like over the moon. I was like, oh my god, guys, Mystique 
Mystique 2.0, like this is going to be cracked. It's going to be the greatest card. And he does. He just doesn't really bring anything more. You know, he, what he feels like is like a cool combo card. If everything happens correctly. And he's the opposite of Wong where he can't be telegraphed as much. But it's funny that Mystique has zero power. Absorbing Man has three power, but the difference is substantial even just by going up that one little cost that you can also discount with Zabu. Yeah, man, I I don't know. Like it, Making him a 4-4 four, four, I think would actually help more than you think because you have things like uh, Black Panther and these like on-reveal effects that would actually build some momentum. But he's also a dangerous card because of that, because of all future releases. And then also because of things like Brood and, you know, these kind of other weird cards out there. But yeah, it is astonishing that this man is not in a ton of lists. He's just not. He's not found in a man, and he definitely needs some love. His win rate's amongst the lowest in Snap. Like, honestly, 48%. Would you have guessed 48% for this card? Dude, it's, I think it's because people are just trying to do these, like, hazmat, crazy combos, and then they always fail short, and then they lose. That's just how it works, no? It definitely. And that's how I play him too. Like I play him with like the crazy combos and stuff like that. Like very rarely would you play just, Oh look, it's wave. And then Dr. Doom and Oh, I can just play absorbing man plus one later on. Like, you know, copy the doom effect, which got nerfed very significantly. Now I look at that, a nerf to absorbing man via Dr. Doom. Right. But uh, it's just, it's a card that I feel like, man, I, there's so many decks. I start with a design where I'm like, absorbing man's going to be killer here. And even with Zabu, he doesn't make it at the end. Now, the last uh, card that I want to bring up as far as like, hey, this card needs a little love second dinner. And some I don't have a, maybe like, some I have a quick answer for, like Forge. I think just make him a 2-2. I think it'd make him a little bit more consistent. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. You know, it'd be a 2-4 and then he works with some scaling cards. You know, I think another good example is Magic. I think, you know, we've talked about Magic before. And I do think Magic is on the list at some point here or there, or just, and I think we've talked about this, just make it where you can have her as a surprise play under Invisible Woman and that limbo actually counts. And then you have this kind of thing that can avoid flood or make her forecast. That is all magic needs to feel good again. So it's nothing crazy, but Alex, I've been, I've been stewing on this one and, and maybe he's just a card that we're waiting for cards to come out to make him feel good. Bro, what do we feel about Strong Guy? What is it about this card that just doesn't just be anything but strong? It's the condition. It's always been the condition. Like basically four drops have the 410 stat line if you meet like the condition that makes them their their at their peak. Strong Guy, it's not worth it. Like it's just not worth it. In pool one, it is. Pool one, I think that Strong Guy has a, a spot as a very good deck. But outside of that, like, why why do this? Why play Strong Guy, go through all this, when you can just play Sauron with, with Typhoid Mary, when you can just play Armor with Atuma? Like, there, there's so many easier ways to get 410. Dude, yeah, because on a natural game that isn't a MODOK, like, how hard is it to get your hand empty? Like, especially now with even Master Mold and these other locations that are popping things in your hand, like the, uh, the camp with the three costs. Yeah, he either needs a significant increase on if you manage to get the feat done, and he's truly just like, bam, right? Like, just coming up with 12 power, whatever it might be, or he just needs to get his his condition. But it's awkward, because they're not going to be like, have only two cards in your hand. 
it, it's a weird thing that they it, I, I think he, he's one that might need a little bit of a full redone kit and or just a big number change. All right. So, Alex, you know, those are probably like the main offenders. I think we could say, you know, Okoye and some other ones that could, could get some love. Nakia. But again, I think that's more with like targeted effects that we kind of ha- have touched on. Let's move on to the final June rankings. So talking about the cars that have come out. And then today, Spider 2099, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel is coming to snap. And this is one that I'm particularly excited about. It is one that I would recommend not getting, mainly because of the new changes to spotlights. Uh, You know, I think that there's no point in getting this card because of that. But he's also 4,000 tokens, but 4,000 tokens are going to be scarce. So that's like my initial kind of pass on him for that, per se. But as a card, hot damn, dude. Hot damn. I think we're going to have ourselves a pretty good card that's going to fit in a, a large majority of decks, like way more than we think, man. What do you, what do you think of uh, uh, Spider-Man 2099? I think that the the functionality of like its destroy is pretty huge. I think its ability to target the Draculas, the Collectors, and the cards that have felt like impossible to deal with is very notable. I feel like it does give Move a significant tool, but most importantly, I think it gives Ghost Spider another incredible synergy that really elevates Ghost Spider again. Like, I think this card elevates Ghost Spider again. I think that it could potentially be worth checking out, but I think you're right. With the Spotlight Cash system coming, you probably want to, you know, pay attention to how that will, you know, affect your collecting. But at the same time, I think it's going to be an interesting card. I don't know if it's power, though. Like, I'm very un... I'm not necessarily sold. I am for sure. You are? His power? Really? Well, because if you think about it, Killmonger's a 3-3. Three, three. Sorry to interrupt, but he's a 3-3 three, three with the... Like, you get that power in addition. So, like, you have this 4-6 that can be discounted. He's a 6-power card. Let's... Look at that, man. That's a White Queen. That's an Iron Lad. And then anything he destroys. Let's start at a 1-power, which isn't much, right? Immediately makes him a seven, right? So if he destroys a four or above, he's initially now at that kind of subsequent 10 power, four cost, you know, dominant, which isn't that crazy. And I feel like the cards that are in solo lanes are typically the ones that are the big cost cards. I, you think the six isn't enough or what was your your thought? My thought was that much like strong guy, I think the condition is harder than people are giving it credit for to build into a deck reliably. Like, yes, I talked about ghost spider. It does elevate ghost spider, but if you have a Dracula in a flooded location, you can't play ghost spider into that flooded location. Like there's still challenges around getting that card to move where you want it to move. And sometimes when you commit energy to make something happen like that, it's kind of similar to what this problem with absorbing man is like, sometimes you're committing all this extra energy for this fancy play that doesn't always work out the way you want it to and so that's kind of what i worry about like will you actually be able to reliably move him if you're not playing him in a dedicated move deck that's kind of what sits in my head a little bit yeah so i feel like he should be best in the move deck because that's his shtick right so like heimdall's gonna get him in the flooded location he's gonna destroy the dracula and you know bada bing bada boom but at the same time then you have these little cheeky combos which if i'm being honest i i see myself yeah ghost spider Iron Fist, by the way, is just a one cost, man. It's like boom, boom, done. He's a five, uh, you know, uh, you can play that on turn five. A cloak, another one, just like these cheap cards. Man, you know, Heimdall, outside of move decks, as fun as it is, I just think it's a little too much. So even just Fist and Ghost Spider or Cloak and Ghost into these other kind of style of decks, I can see a lot of potential with him. He can only destroy face-up cards, which I think is a pro uh, most of the time. 
you know, being able to kill Cosmo is 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 honestly massive. The thing that's kind of held me back is that exactly who the hell is he going to smoke? Like, I'll give you a scenario. We have a flooded location, okay? And you're going to Heimdall into that flooded location. Yep. In that flooded location is Storm and Dracula. Yeah. That's a 50-50, right? That's a 50-50. Do you snap on that? Do you yeah. snap on that 50-50? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's a hard call to make because, like, it's not a reliable effect because of the fact that, like, your opponent's not going to have one card on the board. Yeah. No, and I I, I understand that logic, right? Because you, you, you don't want to make him too crazy, I feel like. But I guess what I like is that he... There's not a lot of cards, right, where it's like a Magneto, where you do one card and it does multiple things. And in that scenario, you're correct, right? Like, that's a risky move. But in other scenarios where it's like, I don't know, Cyclops in a, in a storm or a Sunspot and, and, and whatever, and you're able... in Storm, right? I'm, I'm sure that's the one we'll, we'll bring up a ton. He's going to be a very interesting combo card. And he's going to be one that actually amplifies destroy decks on both ends of the spectrum. He's going to be great destroy decks, but also if you're playing a destroy deck, you're like, come at me, come, come destroy the Deadpool. Get my null bigger. The null synergy is kind of spicy, but yeah, man, will he be a kingpin or will he be, or a negasonic or will he be a, a greater effect? We're going to have to see. Uh, he's definitely an intriguing card and a badass one at that. Yeah. He's not the way I see it though. He's not one card. He's two. Cause you need him and the activation. Like you need him and the piece that moves some type thing. Right. And that's where, like you said, like, could he work in a destroy deck? I'm like, well then can you fit ghost spider into a destroy deck? Can you fit uh, cloak in a destroy deck? Which you, you might honestly be able to cloak might be a, a more natural fit, but like, it's, it's kind of crazy to think though. Like you kind of need these extra pieces. No, I feel like we might see a, because it slowly gets refined, these kind of, I don't have them in this uh, specific build. He would just replace, let's say, Jeff, where you have a, a kingpin in here, right? I feel like this might be the deck that I like him in, where you've got like this trap of kingpin. Again, I'll take this out. You got the trap of kingpin with some control aspect with Magneto, and, and they don't know, are you trying to, you know, put him in a kingpin? Are you trying to move him out somewhere with uh, and, and use the Spider-Man to destroy so this is maybe a home that I, I could see him in or, or in this kind of fashion. But yeah, we're going to have to take a, we're going to have to, we're going to have to test it out. And obviously I'll be getting it and testing that out uh, pretty early on. Uh, as far as the other cards, just before uh, this will be our topic to wrap up on uh, week one, we had Silk come out and I think Silk fits in this place that she's great. She's going to be better as time goes. She's cool in Sarah decks, probably the most. She's okay in move decks, you know, with Craven. I think this is one that you're going to open from a spotlight cash and be like, all right, pretty cool. I'm going to give her like a, uh, like a, like a B. Uh, do you have silk yet? I, I skipped skill. Yeah, silk, good. honestly, I was like, you know what? I don't need to spend 6k on this. Yeah. I mean, I've got like almost 30,000 tokens. But like, this is my problem, right? I'm like, these tokens are valuable. I'm not, I'm not just going to spend them on silk. I'm a, I'm a hoarder. What can I say? I'm a hoarder. I'm the kind of guy that when I play like RPGs, I don't actually spend all my skill points if I know I can't fund them easily. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, I totally get it. That's how. That's definitely how my brother is. Where I'm the opposite. I get my skill point. And I'm like, bam, get my marksmanship <laughs> up, baby, and then I like regret the skill that I got it. Which, by the way, man, Starfield. Have you seen Starfield Direct? Have you seen the? Yeah, I watched it. It looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks like cool. kind of looks like pretty oblivion. Cool. Yeah, there's, there's parts where I'm like, come on, man. Like, why does it have to look like the conversations kind of look Never mind. I don't want to be complaining, but it does look amazing. Like, I can't wait to play it, but it, it does look like oblivion. Oblivion, the 360 title. 
I, I meant to say Skyrim. Sorry, I shot a Sweet little low there. God. All right, we're going to go to Spider-Ham. Dude, hey, this is like what? the car? This is the most obvious card. I just tilted Cozy so hard. I'm dude, sorry. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Bethesda, all right? I, I'm a fault. I've always played Fallout and all of it. Spider-Ham, my friend. This is the card, man. I mean, this card's so... This is... The reason I love Spider-Ham is that I'm able to fit in a card that counters decks with the most lowest commitment. And like... He can fit into literally any archetype. Man, he's great. And I don't hate him as much. He's annoying. It's annoying to have done to you. But like, man, it's like one of those things I've done it so much to other people. You're kind of like, ah, damn, I'm on, my, I'm on the other side, you know? Yeah, if you want to destroy someone's phone, what you do is you play Spider-Ham on turn one. You hit their apocalypse. You snap and then Miss Marvel thumbs up before they've even retreated. And the, the phone's gone. Like dude, it's done. Dude, I actually will say this. I played a gold conquest against a discard at the last match three. And like discard held its own even with Spider-Ham. Like I would hit APOC and they'd be like, bummer. And they just did some other BS to get their, you know, power through the roof. But yeah, dude, he, he, he this guy, man, like Arnim Zola, the cards I like to play, null, done. Like just talk to you later. The death, hitting death is evil, man. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> this is definitely, definitely A plus card. Love it. If you haven't gotten it, you can get it. If not, wait for the spotlights. But I think this is a, a high recommend. And then Spider 29, B9. We're going to have to see. And then I guess what? Ghost Spider. I would say Ghost Spider. I would uh, end this by saying, man, if you look at the last couple months of uh, season pass cards, I thought they've, they've done a pretty damn good job. They've all felt pretty cool, huh? They have. And I think Ghost Spider is a really good card. And I think that they, it's like... It's nice because it didn't destroy the meta like the way Zabu or Silver Surfer did. It wasn't completely underwhelming the way Nimrod was in its original form. It It's just good. It's just good. It gave move a little bit, but it also has a home outside of move, which I think we've brought up like five times today. Like we talked about how you can play it with Red Skull. You can play it with Devil Dinosaur and like all these type of interactions. It being a two cost is super valuable. It's a one cost with Sarah. Like there's all these kind of additional synergies with it that I really appreciate. I've, I've liked it. I've liked Ghost yeah. Spider a lot. Same here, without a doubt. All right, Alex, that's going to be it as far as Spider-Man 2099 in our rankings. Let's head to more conversation on the one cost cards. The power creep of them. Alex, this is going to be a good one. Power creep is a thing that is a very prevalent uh, component of card games, especially as card games start to age. You start to get a situation where like, okay, well, you want to add new cards to a game and uh, to add new cards, you want to have cards that do different things that have different powers. And eventually some of the original cards start to look a little not so spicy when compared to the new counterparts that are hitting the shelves. And this is kind of happening in Marvel Snap to some extent. And specifically, I want to talk about uh, talk about power creep at the one cost. So I'm going to hit you with a couple cards here and we're going to talk about how it seems as though some of the older cards aren't getting like, they're just not compatible and not com like competitive in any way whatsoever, especially with the current meta. They're just incompatible with the current meta. So at the low end, at the low end of the chart right now, in terms of play rate and win rate, I'm going to hit you with a couple cards. Uatu, okay? It is. It has a 50% win rate. It's seen in less than a, basically a 20th of a percentage a point. It's like, it doesn't exist. The card doesn't exist. Fair. Yeah, you picked the bad one. Yeah. Hawkeye. Quicksilver. All of which less than a percent played. Mantis. And then we've got Electra as well. These are all cards that have existed since the dawn of time. Since the dawn of Marvel Snap, these cards have always existed. All of which 
have win rates in like, you know, the high 40s, low 50s at the best, right? Electra, 53% is the highest. They're not seeing any play. But, uh, Cozy, would you be surprised to know that we've got a whole bunch of cards that just came out within the last month or two that seem to be in almost every deck? Can you maybe guess, take a wild guess, what one of the top cards at a one cost is in Marvel Snap? I will. I want to say this, too. I think this is very interesting because I actually think that Power Creep has done very well in Snap. But one cost in particular, good sir, you are correct here. It is funny because it's like, how do you make a one cost card fun or crazy? You make it good or even just like not a Quicksilver, right? And yes, I mean, we now have this kind of hierarchy that we... I feel like we've talked about on uh, on some Snapchats, right? We've got the Kitty Pride, the Sunspot, the Nebula, and now the Spider-Ham. My guess is that those are going to be the highest played, no? You're pretty much, you just nailed it, right? Like, Nebula is a 55% win rate in 20% of games. Sunspot is 20% of games at 55% as well. Spider-Ham's 56% win rate, but only at 2.39% currently because it's a it's Series new, yeah, 4 yeah. card. It's brand new, and the stats are kind of weird because, obviously, like you're working with time frames as well. So it's on its way up. But there's a couple others, though. There's a couple others I want to talk about here. So naturally, I think the major, like, I think Nebula was like the one where I saw Nebula. I'm like, this is power creep. Just straight up power creep. Because like, it's a one, what, five? Like on average, one, seven at times. Like it, it runs. It runs up huge. It's the scaling. I think like those three cards, they're scaling cards, right? For one card. And it, it like, it's such a disservice to like freaking Titania, who's like somewhat newer, you know, December. And like one five back then, we were like, whoa, okay, the con. Okay, like I see it here. And then you have these cards that just like get there with like no effort whatsoever. The scaling, it's the nature of scaling a one cost card, man. But I'm curious to know the others because in the in the random wheel game I was talking about on my side earlier, like I got Electra. I was like, this is awesome, man. I'm gonna use this as a turn six surprise on their sunspot, their kitty, lookout world. Never pulled her, man. Just like, I just never felt like I ever even had the opportunity here. And so uh, I, I'm curious, some of the others on the list, I could probably take a guess. But yeah, what, what are they? Again, the ones I really want to talk about as well is uh, you have Nova at 55% and 10% of games. But one thing worth noting, I do think Kitty Pride's a little different because it doesn't really feel like a one cost. It kind of feels like a three cost that you get to play multiple times. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not really a one cost because you're committing that one energy unless you beast it, of course. But... It's, yeah. it's a bit of a different beast. Sunspot would be the same then, I would say, because you're giving up that that power per se. But Nebula is just the pure, like, just soaking it up, man, you know? Yeah, Sunspot's still in 20% of games, believe it or not, post-nerf. And I think that's partially because of the prevalence of High Evolutionary. It's, it's making its way in a lot of those decks, natural kind of synergy there. But I think that uh, a card that I'm bringing up, and this is a bit of a curveball, it's not really fair because it's not a one cost, but would you be surprised to know that if you hit one on your board on your screen there, one of the cards at the top is gonna be you already got it selected is Wasp. Wasp has a 56% win rate at 26% games. 26% of games Wasp is in it. Now um, yeah. I wonder what, what that was do? before High Evo. Like because I, I feel like I didn't play Wasp before I, I uh, she annoyed me. Like I just didn't want to deal with her coming out of Jubilee or my my lockjaw. But yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, but that's the power of zero. You know, like the other day I was thinking, man, like Jane Foster's cool, but my God, like she has like three cards and that's it that she works with. Maybe four with Mr. Negative. 
and I'm like, maybe they should do more zero cost. But then I was like, dude, that's a hard cost to do. Like, that's a hard, we're probably going to get more, but like, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. And I remember having this conversation with you. We were talking about Lockjaw. You're like, no. I don't want Wasp in my Lockjaw deck. I'd rather play Nightcrawler. That's literally what you said. And now you've broken the meta with your Janejaw list. What's in your Janejaw list, Cozy? Oh, dude, it's the Wasp. It's a high EFO. It's the fact that you're getting a 0-3 that can be played multiple times. You're getting a 0-5, a by the way. A 0 uh, You know, you can get even crazier if you get it, things just perfectly. It's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, so it's very interesting to think about how, like, these cards have kind of, like... Like just completely elevated what one costs are. And for me, I actually like it. For the record, I like it because I've been a firm believer of make turn one great again. Like honestly, I've been saying that for so long that like we've had this problem. Like when when Leech was a problem, it was because we were focusing so much on turn six. Like, and it was we needed those early turns to matter. And that's one of the things I really liked about the the old Leech meta was that like when, when you wanted to play Leech, you had to establish priority. You had to establish, you know, a board state. And we lost that for a while in Marvel Snap. And now that these turn one cards are so impactful, I feel like we're getting back to it. But there's still disadvantages. Like, for instance, if you don't pull Kitty Pride early, you're not getting a good card. If you don't pull Nebula early, then she kind of has that collector effect where she's not really doing much of anything. You can't play on turn five. Like, what are you going to do, right? So they do have their disadvantages. However, for me, it is really interesting to see how, like, some of these old cards just cannot keep up. Why would you ever, ever play someone like Hawkeye over Nebula. Like, you just wouldn't. Like, you, why would you play Hawkeye over Kitty Pride? You just well, wouldn't. Yeah, Hawkeye's like, dude, that's like, man, that's, talk about cherry picking the the, the, the the bottom of the team, you know, like the last pick in kickball. But yeah, even to your point, let's just say Titania, right? I think this is good like, a, this is a good one. It's like, yeah, why would you, right? Like, why risk it? Why would you be just like the guy that plays Titania kind of thing? It is interesting because I feel like OTAs completely help that. Like Medusa, dude, is a starter card and she's pretty damn good now. So, like, I just don't know if I'm a believer in power creep and snap because of OTAs frequencies and because, like, even Broad was like, uh, you know, I always come up to the team like we should balance them. And by the time I do it, they're getting balanced because it's the next week or it's on the board or whatever. I do feel like one cost, though, man, I, it's just a tough, it's a tough card to release. Season passes, I almost never won another one-cost season pass card. I don't, I, I just, it it just felt weird. It, it didn't feel correct. But also, it's like, you have to be so careful. Like, Spider-Ham, perfect example. Him doing what he does is great, okay? I don't have a problem with that. The fact that it shows you the card, that's a card that's guaranteed in their hand, that's where it's like, that's one too many probably effects here, right? Like, I don't know. Like, Yondu's destroying a card that they don't have anyway. Is that, yeah, but is that power creep on Iceman? The fact that Iceman cannot see what they're hitting and Spider-Ham can. Now, Iceman does have one extra power. That is notable. Yeah. But Iceman doesn't see. I think, uh, like they said, you know, Glenn has uh, standby. Like, uh, we did Iron Lab with one power because we wanted to see that first. I, like they said in their release notes, like, we're letting him see the card to see how it feels. And it feels too good. It, like, it does. It just probably feels too good. I got to tell you, man, the intel is like half half of it for me. Like, especially with how much I play Snap. Like, when I see what I destroy, like, and it's not even like, oh, they have Dr. Doom. It's that I have my Sunspot on the board, and I play, or Human Torch, and I throw it down, and it kills an armor. Well, bam. And I'm like, that wasn't a Killmonger. 
if it was the highest card, it was Killmonger, so I'm safe now. Like, it's the little things for one cost that you could apply. It could be zero, and I wouldn't care. But at the same time, I think that if you get rid of that effect, this card's worse. And I think that the Wait. Intel effect actually makes the game more fun. So I, I, I like it. I'm not complaining about it, but I, I feel like, okay... It's showing that effect. Why isn't Sunspot feel? Would Sunspot feel better as a 1-1 one, one that reveals the card it hits? Tell me. Would you rather have Sunspot as a 1-1 one, one that reveals the card? Sunspot? I meant uh, Iceman. Sorry, yeah. again. Inebriated. No, you <laughs> That damn grape juice. Uh, yeah, of course I would, man. Like, to know that I messed up their combo, that would help me a lot more. Yeah, it is. Again, it is a bit weird. I mean, like... They, you know, he is the straight to series four card. The spotlight catch is like people are going to get new cards easier, but it doesn't diminish like, yeah, like again, one, it's one cost, dude. It's so damn tricky. Cause like, if you go to the other ones, you could show me like, yeah, like hit monkey's good, but there's other good two costs. So I think one cost in particular, I'm glad you picked it because it is one that it's like, it's so hard to have a card that is kind of fun, but isn't just completely taking a crap on, on the other cards out there. And something we've talked about in the past, and I think it's really notable in this conversation, is the idea of like having turn dials to like balance, right? This is something that Glenn had spoken yeah, about in the yeah, past. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's certain dials you have at one cost. Like, what can you do? Like, how many dials do you really have? And it's funny because I believe in the developer notes, they actually identified Wasp as one of the examples. What do you do with Wasp? Yeah. Wasp is a, a zero one. Like if Wasp is never played, what you do make it a zero two, then like, well, that's what Yellow Jacket is. And then there's, so like you really don't have that many dials, whereas Magneto has tons of dials. Fury apparently had more dials than we expected. And so like, yeah, what do you do? Well, I guess you release a whole new card in High Evolutionary and completely destroy the meta, I guess, right? Like it's, it's kind of crazy how these things work, but like, listen, I brought this up because I love one cost. I've always been a huge fan of playing on curve and I love Jane job, but like part of me, it's like, it's hard for me to skip all the way till turn three. Like I love playing on curve. It's something that is so natural to me. And so seeing these cards come out that have really cool synergies that have really good lasting impacts and specifically spider ham cozy. You don't have to play spider man, spider ham on one. Yeah. You can play spider ham and wave on turn five and still ruin them. Yeah, you know, and I think what would solve some of this, it, it, like a card that I play way too much, way too much, man. I play this card, it's ridiculous, is Howard. Love him to death. You can't see it. I have 229 boosters for him. Like, dude, I love Howard the Duck. I feel like just, and it's why I was a wanted Invisible Woman to go down. And like, I think abilities that are kind of like unique-ish, that isn't a snow guard, is kind of what could work with one cost. It's not disruption. It's not power. So like in the future, like if you look like Quinjet feels great because it's offering this kind of thing and you got to, you know, try to get it out there. It, th th that to me feels really good. But yeah, it is interesting because there's cards like I was thinking like even Ant-Man, man. It's like it is. It's it's a bit sad here, but I am glad that some of these can be played at any time, but most of them feel good to play on one or you want to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of like the calling cards of one cost is do they have versatility to be played later on? And most of them can't, or they have the immense like power scaling of the nebula, for instance, right? There's that trade off overall. Like we're kind of like, we're nitpicking a little bit. We're talking about some of the absolute trash worst cards in Marvel Snap versus some of the best cards right now. But it's, it's notable that, you know, that nebula kitty pride, these are brand new cards. And I mean, we talked about Nova before, but Nova used to be the most broken card in Marvel Snap, all at one cost. You know, I, I also have to say just like a small UI kind of like gameplay experience thing that I enjoy. I hate it because I enjoy cards like it is Deadpool, Kitty Pride. These cards show like 
pretty dramatically. Kitty's a little bit more subtle, but it shows when it's going back, right? Like it shows this like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here, right? And it reminds the player on the other side. Because, like, the thing that's dangerous about this is the five-cost combinations, man. The Iron Man's, whatnot. We'll talk about that later. But that's a subtle, just a subtle thing, man. Because I can't tell you how good Deadpool would be, or better, is if you just, like, stealth back, you know? Like, no animation, but it's like, boom! And it reminds the player, you know? The card that kind of does that is Nightcrawler. Because you don't know if it's moved yet. Because it doesn't do the float yeah, for the yeah, player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right? So, like, Nightcrawler kind of has that effect. It's like, did they move Nightcrawler yet? Like, do we know if it's moved? Because they see it going, like, the little hover thing, but you don't, right? So, yeah. it's kind of funny that you bring that up. From power creep to getting more powerful, this past week has been momentous for Marvel Snap with the announcement of the spotlight caches. This is going to allow more cards into the hands of more players. And if you don't have Nebula, if you don't have Kitty Pride, you're going to be able to get a chance to get them. And I think that there is a couple major uh, points of conversation here. The first thing we want to talk about is just overall what our impressions are of spotlight caches, um, you know, how we intend to min-max them with regards to like, I don't know if you're going to be hoarding the uh, caches or, you know, whatever, we're going to talk about that. Talk about some cards to target as well, which I think is going to be very important. But right off the bat, Cozy, I would love to hear from you. So <laughs> it's funny because we had a, a series drop that was absolutely horrendous. You had Snowguard, Shauna, and I can't even remember what the other one was. It was so bad. Was it Dazzler that dropped to three? Was it Dazzler? See, again, you're shaking your head. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Darkhawk stayed up. Null stayed up. All these cards stayed up. And at the time, it felt like, why? Why would you drop Snowguard? Why would you leave Jeff up? Why would you leave Darkhawk up, Null up? And now it kind of, with the perspective, we talk about this all the time, like the developing team has that kind of like foresight of knowing what their plans are. And uh, man, I would have loved to know. I would have loved to have known that they had the spotlight cash up their sleeve when they announced Dude, that drop. Yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, everybody, we're working overtime. All right, the next two days. And then silence, right? Like two days go by. Because we're all taking four days off later, you know? <laughs> like, it feels yeah, like... exactly. It's, it's just like the bad before the good was such a... Just, uh, yeah, not a not a great decision there, all right? And hopefully they learned that that was... Uh, you, you just... You don't want to do that. You just do it all at once, right? If they would have done that all at once, it'd be like, oh, okay. For everybody involved, this makes much more sense. And then probably not release a pack about the card later, right? Like, it would have just been so much better... Without question, and yeah, dude, there's there's a lot to break down with spotlights. It's 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 just there's a yeah, man, it's exciting. Yeah, the, the really nitty gritty of it. Both Cozy and I do have videos on our channels where we go through it in detail, so you know you can check those out specifically. But what I will say is that I do think that this is a great change for Marvel Snap. I think that the card acquisition issues were so significant. I think it was one of the hot topic issues of Marvel Snap. In fact, if you were to just ask a regular CCG player who's playing Marvel Snap casually or even maybe played during launch and went back to MTG or Runeterra or whatever, they're probably going to say that, look, oh, it was the card acquisition system. It was the collection system. I wasn't able to compete. I wasn't able to collect enough cards. Like There was not enough of that reward of playing the game and unlocking and upgrading cards. That's kind of fixed. And that's huge. That's huge, especially for players who might be returning at PC launch, which I think is very significant. For those who don't realize, it's basically going to be like, you know, you're going to have four cards 
right? And every time you get a spotlight cash, which is going to be one in every 10, you're basically going to dip into that, that kind of uh, cash. There it is right there. Cozy's on the, the ball there. You get a 25% chance. You pull a card out and then it becomes 33% chance moving forward. Pull a card out 50%. And if, if you unlock the cash four times, you're basically guaranteed all four rewards. And then they turn into spotlight variants, which is absolutely fantastic. But the question is that and some people may not realize, and some people may not know, that uh, if you hoard your caches or save your caches, they will convert in a 1 to 10 format. So like for every 10 caches you have, you will be getting one spotlight cache. So in advance. So I intend to actually save my caches to engage with the system. If you're nearer series four and five completion, it might be better for you to get those tokens and finish off your collection and whatnot. But for me, I think that there's for the average player to be a lot more value in simply saving your caches and engaging with this new system. Cozy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, first of all, I got, I got to tell you, dude, it was like, there was so much to digest to make a video on. This was a nightmare. Like it was just, there's just a lot and it's stuff that I want to make sure I'm right on. And it was, it was a tough thing to do at first glance. It really was like, I have to say, so if you're a pure numbers guy, the math just says to hold them. Like, no matter where you're at, the math now says, which I was, uh, you know, I said that you should probably get them. Uh, if you're at like a big whale, then opening them now might be might, might be worth it. It just depends what you value at that point. Like, uh, for uh, for me, I think collector tokens are gone, right? Like, they're just going to be so much harder to get. They're, still, they're, they're going to still be in bundles and you can get them there. But for that reason, I, you know, I plan on getting, uh, you know, opening some of mine. But from here on out, I'm now saving because I agree. I think, you know, getting the variants, getting the new cards, and then just engaging with what they, we all know is going to be a better system is definitely ideal. There's no question that it's a better system. The fact that more players are going to get more cards is huge because I think that that's the major concern for most players, especially for free-to-play players. And um, they're going to be announcing the kind of uh, spotlight cash buckets, so to speak, because they're going to be changing every single week. They're going to yeah. be advanced, uh, announcing them at the start of every season. So you can know, okay, three months down the line, we're going to be targeting, you know, not three months, sorry, three weeks down the line, we're going to be targeting a specific card, save your caches for it. And uh, if you save up 40, you're basically guaranteed to get the cards of that week. Dude, I love, that's my favorite, like one of my favorite pieces about all this is like, man, what a, what a chance to make some things right here and just improve overall communication. Because like a new season rolls over and now all of a sudden new season pass card, maybe series drops because they already said they're going to reduce those big sins. But then also like the calendar and, and just like looking at them and like, listen, I don't want to be the skeptic, but I do think we're going to get a couple Thanoses with the snow guards, right? Like there's no way we're going to get, I, I have a prediction that the first couple of weeks are going to be bangers. Like, like we're going to have like, you know, whatever the, like some solid ones, like maybe like Jeff hit monkey and St yeah, I don't know, Stegron, right? Like, just a cool mix of them. But every now and then, it's going to feel really cool where it's like, oh my god, look at week three. It's high Evo, you know, Jeff, I get, you know, one of the good ones, right? All lining up together. And that's cool that you can save up for that. Now, I've seen a lot like, oh, it takes away player agency a little bit, but really, to get 6,000 tokens, man, was such a chore anyway, that getting these four uh, spotlights, saving them up, you could just guarantee get the card you want and then you get a bunch with it as well. I, I think that's kind of, it brings back some of the fun that was like going through pool three originally, right? 
And then you also have like the collector's thing as like a little sprinkle on top. Yeah, and it kind of will bring more focus back into the collection track itself, which I think is a good thing because they are taking gold out of the collection track, right? That's very notable. Yeah. And the idea. Yeah, so that's that that's the thing, right? Like that's the there had to be like obviously with how many new cards we're getting, like there had to have been some type of like economy stabilization, if you will, per se. First of all. This does make it a lot more about cosmetics. If it's about like, but I used it for variants. If like guys, but it, but it's, they're skins, right? Right. Like if you want them, I think that's the purpose a little bit there. And you get what like eleven hundred a month. However, they have to find a way where not hitting level ninety means you get five hundred more, like rank ninety. Like again, that's where I go back to the conquest shop. Maybe you could put them in there, the gold in there, and it's you know purchasable over and over, but at a higher level. Emissions, I know they're doing that a little bit. I I don't know. They 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 probably should fix that a little bit. Not like we got that much gold from those anyway. Let's be honest. But they do need to fix it. No, and you still get gold from the uh, like the fifty plus season pass crates, but yep. like they're they're at a pretty low percentage. It's worth noting that the weekend missions do allow some gold. Like you do get some gold from the weekend missions. I do have a little bit of a beef while we're on it with the seat weekend missions. They're the only real missions with the, with the exception of the snap ones that you have to win the games for. And I think that was kind of an irritating because I think snap really excelled from a daily missions perspective in the sense that like you unlock them by playing the game. Hearthstone, for instance, had a, had a like a mission system where like it was like win three games as a warlock, win three games as a paladin or whatever. I can't remember, hunter or whatever. And it's like when I'm like, oh, I got to play some hunter to win those games. I'm going to go on a 40 game losing streak because I will not win. the. I love the fact that snap is like play five cards, right? Play to 100 power or something. Like just you're unlocking the daily missions while playing, and these ones step back from that. It was win four games with Spider Ham and win 15 or whatever with yeah. Ghost Spider in your deck. I'm not a huge fan of that, uh, Cozy. I but I get why they did it. Yeah, but. you're getting notably half the goal. It was a 250 gold, right, or something like that, or 200 gold. There's 200, 150? 150 maybe. Regardless, I think it was like it wasn't too bad. Like. What is your alter? What, what are they looking to get out of this? They're looking at for people to play more, I guess, which I guess that accomplishes it. But yeah, it was like the Star Lord p- thing where you had to get the the, the wins with Star Lord, and that was like people wanted like a video for that. Like, <laughs> like how the hell do I win with Star Lord in my deck? So I do agree there. It's like maybe just a middle ground of some sort. Uh, but either way, just like Golden Flux in general, is going to be interesting, especially now that gold is used for the conquest. But also, like, tickets aren't that tough to get. So this is truly all stuff that I just, I need to see the system. And I need to see how this feels. And by the end of July, I can really make my stance. If it feels like garbage, I'll make a video. And if it it, it makes sense and, like, people, you can't get your variant that you got every now and then, it's like, you know, I guess that's what it is. But... But then also make mystery variants a thing and the conquest a bit more. I don't know. I think that's how you solve it. Yeah, and there's actually new premium mystery variants that are variants that can be 1,200 gold variants or 700 gold variants, but not pixels. That's a huge change. Please, please, please put that in the season pass. Please. We've been talking about the season pass needing something. Make those, like at least a couple of them, please, like near the end in the high 40s, the 47 level, whatever. Just replace all of them. I, I just want them all in the season pass to go to those but it just isn't it so funny that they acknowledge that nobody wants the pixels like I, I, it's just such a like what a weird backwards like premium variants super rare or, which let's just say the super rare being in those are 
awesome because that doesn't happen. But also, but not a pixel. <laughs> like it's just yeah, it's it's hilarious, man. It's kind of sad though, and like I'm not trying to cheer up the artist. I swear I'm not. But like these pixel variants are horrendous. Like the They've the Sentinel better. one is laughable, absolutely laughable. There's there's some that are just so brutal. But like honestly, the crazy thing is, is pixel art can be insane. Can be absolutely. Hey, that's a good one. That century one's beautiful. There's some good yeah. ones. No, seriously, the newer ones are better. They're they're, they're they've gotten better, but they're. There's some, again, like I was like, I, I was like watching Ben Broad in our interview and I was like, what's your view on pixels? He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, what's your view on pixels? And I just like pull up this masterpiece, right? And just like looked at his face. He's like, <laughs> shadow kid. Yeah. But uh, there, there's definitely some uh, horrendous ones. I think what it is too, is that there's so many. I think there's more pixels than like anything by a mile. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. There's always a pixel variant for every base like card basically i mean uh, i think baron didn't have a single variant and then it got a pick that the agent colson's the best picture the lego the man oh my like, god look at God. his face what a beauty look man at the That's, shading detail i mean just I love it and picasso right here i'll be mad but, you should feel bad if you don't get this from a poll but realistically if you get like some actual like legitimate crazy pixel art like i think that's different that's a whole different story but uh, again we don't want to rag on it too much but uh what i'd like to actually step into now because i know that we're excited about the spotlight caches we really are now we're going to go through a couple kind of picks that of cards of like we think they're going to be highlights of wanting to pull out of these caches now we're not going to talk about the snow guards and stuff what are the highlights and so targeting series four we're going to separate them series four and series five because we believe there's going to be a mix between both amongst the different caches in fact in the spotlight caches themselves you're going to have one of the available pulls is going to be a random series four or five drop completely random i believe it's slightly higher chances to be a four if the math serves me correct in my memory but regardless I'm going to hit some hit you with a card, Cozy, and you tell me if it's a great card to target as Series 4. How much would you be willing to commit to getting Zabu out of a spotlight cache if it was made available to you? Oh, if you don't have Zabu? Yeah. If you don't have Zabu. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a, that's a, yeah, what do we say? Like a one, two, three, or all four pull, right? So like, if you go all four, you get the card. If it's like, uh, one is a one in uh, four chance, two is a one in three chance on that, right? So I would say... If you pull two, oh man, it's so tough though. That's how it works, right? If you pull two and you don't get them in that, it's like you got to do the third, right? Like you would think so. I, I honestly, that's up there on my list personally. Yeah, I use it all the time. That is the most convoluted way to do this, but I love where your head's at. Like in my opinion, I'm like, give me an A plus, one out of 10. You're like, no, we're well, going to roll. Because Zombu's an S tier. Like the- I love him. I think he's like an fantastic. <laughs> but how many would I roll? Like, you know, because I was talking about this with my brother. Where I was like, RNG. There's times where you're going to pull them on the first one. You, High Evo came out, man, and you get them on your first pull. It's like, that's going to be elated. But then you got the guy who, who High Evo came out, and he's on his fourth pull, and then he got him, and it's like, damn. So it's going to work against you and for you. Uh, what about you for Zabu? I, I would I would four pulls uh, uh, Zabu. Yeah, yeah, probably. You, you'd have to. If, if Listen, if you go three in and you don't have him, he's get Okay, that's the problem, though, because if you're three in, it's guaranteed the to, fourth. Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go at that point, Dude, right? So we're gonna get the Mufasa, the Zabu, the the majestic one. That's gotta be the spotlight. It has variant. to be. That has to be. I've been saving all of my boosters for that Mufasa variant. You know what's kind of sad, man, is that uh, pool three cards aren't getting badass spotlight variants. Like it's only the pool four and fives that are in there, which arguably there's a lot of cool ones to go off of. But I was kind of sad about that. I was like, there's some really cool pool three cards that aren't gonna get that like epic rare 
value to them, you know? Yeah, I do think that, I'm not sure if this is confirmed, so I'm kind of hesitant to say it, but those, the spotlight variants do eventually end up in the regular mix, right? I don't think so. I, well, like, at least not for now. They said time exclusive. So time exclusive. So they will eventually end up there. Yeah, as in, like, I have a Thor variant nobody has from Beta, and they said that it's going to be in the regular mix, and it's not. So, like, you know, I think, like, yeah, yeah, two years from now, maybe, uh, which I like. I think they need to have, ex- I think it's cool to have exclusives. All right, how about stature? Man, I, I, I'd i go two pull in. I'd go two. I, I don't know if I'd commit a four se- uh, full uh, four in. I do want to say this, that while we're talking about, I think statue's deck is still so good that no one plays it that is. deck. It's stupid. Statue's a tough one. I don't know if I'd pull for her just because she's very, like, specific. I think she's one where I would need another card. That I'm, like, there's a couple in here that I would need another card to want to try for it, right? Like, what, like, would you, like, Modok? Oh, hell yeah. I think you, you go deep for Modok for sure. Like, with discard without Modok is, like, just playing not, it's not playing discard. You're playing garbage. Yeah, it's like, the non-nego, like, okay, man. Hitmonkey, Darkhawk, Noel, Jeff. Those are, like... No Jeff brainers. Series 5. What are we doing? You're skipping ahead here. We're on Series 4. Come oh, on. Now. Oh, oh, okay. My Baby Shark. We're okay, going to have our okay. moment for Baby Shark. I think Hitmonkey's Series 5 too. Okay, so, or did he go down? I don't even know anymore. No, he's Series 5 I can't well. keep you, track you, with their you're, damn You're, you're ruining four. my notes. Okay, give me a pull beautiful four. notes. Give me a pull 4. I mean, it's it, you, you hit it. It's Darkhawk and Null. Like, Darkhawk, Null, and Modok are on my list. Like, those are the ones. Okay, let's do it. Let's do your game. Again, I'm still kind of confused about how we're actually doing this, but, okay, how many pulls deep do you go in for Darkhawk? I mean, if you want them, dude, that, that's a that's a full commit, you know? That's a four pull. That's a that's a four pull. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All you? right. So Darkhawk's the four pull. I agree. No, you gotta yeah. get Darkhawk. I, I I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. Darkhawk's week one. Oh, <laughs> dude, there's no way. They have they need to put I bet you they won't. I think it'll be like dark and then null, but like, oh man, how good would it feel if they did Darkhawk and Null? Just like bam, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be Darkhawk week one. Like, there's no way, right? Like they have what to be Darkhawk week know. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Modok, how deep would you go? Modok would have to be if I didn't play discard, like I, it would have to be with other cards. If I love discard, that like that's your that's your that's your that's your card, man. But I feel like if Modok was with like Stature and Stegron, I'd be like, ah, oh, hell yeah, let's just like let's see what happens. But if like Modok was with dude, it's all in context, right? If Modok was with Living Tribunal and Snowguard, I'd be like, what the hell? Like No, don't even yeah. take your one shot at it. Just walk away. Well, and the good news is is there's not that many like bad eggs. You know what I mean? Like they can only put these in combinations with so many bad choices. But like, oh man, yeah, like some of these, it's like, God, just avoid, man. Just avoid. But yeah, Modok for me would I'd I'd like to see him with some others, you know. I gotta be honest, man. I do not see them doing the spotlight cash system and just like stuffing absolute shit into these caches. I think they're gonna try and generate hype around them. There's no way they're gonna be like, well, let's let's put a good card and then just put three pieces of absolute garbage in there that no one's gonna <laughs> want. I don't think they're playing that game. There's no way. There is no way, cozy. They're gonna do that. No, because when they did like the series drops when it first started, like it was like She Hulk, you know, it was like the first drop, and like they're usually pretty good at like you know at the very minimum creating hype around what they just did but yeah can you imagine yeah like all right week one we got snow guard master mold and negasonic with silk you know it's like geez i can't wait and pixel variants special edition yeah good god almighty all right hit me with series five man because there's a uh, like fire for a lot of these all right all right series five how deep do you go for uh high evo Hi, Evo. What if he's like, who is he with? Is he with Iron Lad? Is like, good God. Or like, is he yeah. with, you know, Ste- there's just not a lot to it, it. 
it all is in context, but High Evo is like a you try to get a man, and if you don't, hopefully he's with some other good ones. I mean, realistically, pretty much everyone has Evo. <laughs> That's yeah, like kind of what it appears like. Everyone in their their grandmothers has Evo already, so I guess you're getting the variant on that one. Thanos. Thanos is like, it's so funny that Thanos, I feel like it's just suck, and he's still Thanos. Like, it's just such a, it's such a legend. He's got the, he's got, not the IP, it's all Marvel, but he's got the, like, the IP on the name pole. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I love Thanos. I, I, I would go... As a, as a person who wouldn't have, if I didn't have him, I would go for him. Yeah. Like, I agree. Like, it unlocks a whole new archetype. And uh, it's similar to High Evolutionary, where it's like, it's a whole new way to play Marvel Snap, right? Okay. So, you got to watch yourself here, Cozy, because if you offend me, I'm not going to forgive you. Jeff, the baby land shark. Series five. You know it's going to be the first couple weeks. You know it is. What do you do? Before I give my answer, I will counter and ask if Jeff was with some pretty bad cards. So Jeff Silk will keep saying it, but Snow Guard and Howard the Duck. You would recommend people to go just balls out for Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to put me on the spot? By the way, it's, oh man, it has to be Snow Guard. So you're saying Snow Guard, Stagron. I can't even think no, of like, I said yeah, Silk, Silk, Howard the Duck. Oh, I can't use all those. So maybe like, well, no, because they, they serious drop one, let's say. So Silk, Snow Guard, Howard the Duck, and Jeff. Why did you put me in this situation? I know. I, was not, I wanted you to just pet Baby Shark, pump him up. I know. Right, I, get him, get get people hyped up for Jeff, but and yes, here you if are. Jeff is with, like, Hit Monkey. Like, if there's even one other good pull with Jeff, it's a no-brainer for. Like, that's the thing. That's where it really... And, and to your point, I don't think they're going to... It was just fun to think about it, right? But if yeah. like Jeff so and they Thanos, make Jeff's pull a giant tire fire. Like It's like, hey, it's Jeff week. Here's absolute garbage. Like You guys, like, think, like, you guys <laughs> like baby sharks? Or like, yeah, dude, I get what you mean. Shark week. They're going to wait for shark week, 100%. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, dude. you know that's it's going to such happen. a good idea. Well, dude, they're doing the whole Nick Fury BS, so you know, for Secret Invasion. So I feel like they'd be like, all right, it's shark week, everybody. You know, I feel like... Okay, assuming Jeff the Baby Land Shark's uh, spotlight's not complete filth, how many pulls? Yeah, yeah, I would say if it's with a good card, I would go all out. All out. See, but we keep just saying go all out. Like, that's been our answer for every one. See, I, I knew we should have done, like, letter but, but grades or yes, something. Yes, but then it's just like, oh, yeah, great card. Like, you know, I feel like it also depends on the player. Like, I'll be honest. I know Jeff's good. I just don't put him in a lot of decks. Like, I'm doing other stuff. I, I But, I like, he's a great card. So like me personally, if you want the truth, I do like two probably. I like him though. He's good. I, I watch every one of your videos, every one of your videos because they're that damn good. And I, I know why you cut Jeff. I, I know why you cut Jeff. You want you want to do this right now? Are we going to do this? I know why you cut Jeff. Why, why? You cut Jeff because he doesn't just straight break. Like he doesn't do a broken combo. Like that's why you cut Jeff. You love like that tight. Like you want to just punish the opponent with a combo that just destroys their cubes. Whereas I'm like, I can play Jeff on two. And I am caught, like, it's a beautiful two drop. It just does exactly what I needed to do. It goes exactly where I want it to go. I get to play it into the location that isn't revealed yet. And if it's Jotunheim, I can move him the hell out. I love Jeff so, for what he does on turn two. And you just, you want to break your no, opponent. Fully. I Listen, I try not to only do, like, the best cards in my decks because I don't want people that don't have the card to get them. But... If you're going to get Jeff, get him now, especially because we're going into another control season. Like, uh, what a Jean Grey that they leaked. Like, that's a control card. So, like, get, get him now if you're going to get him. But, yeah, to some, to, to some degree, you know, he, 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 dude, he's so dependable. Jeff, Jeff's a top five. I mean, like, he's good. Yeah, for sure. But if you're going to get him, get him now. And I think it's also important that, you know, I got the cards first before I found out truly. But, like, 
We've talked about this, man. It doesn't change the fact that, like, know your play style. What do you enjoy playing, right? Like, what do you enjoy? Like, Zabu is awesome, but if you don't do forecast cards, you don't like Sarah Control, you don't like Darkhawk, like, don't get Zabu, man. Like, you're not going to play the card. Whereas I have the most boosters on Zabu next to Iron Lad. So it's like, uh, it, it just depends. Now, Iron Lad, by the way, give me that one. And uh, yeah, Iron Lad's going to be up there as well. Iron Lad's going to be a card worth targeting. But what I got to ask you is Hit Monkey. Hit Monkey is like, it feels irreplaceable. Oh my like there's, God, I, I there's him. so many times where like I make a, a Hit Monkey deck. Let's be like, hey, I don't have Hit Monkey. Who do I replace it with? I'm like, you replace it with a discard deck. With like elves, you don't play yeah. this. Like, Dude, Hit Monkey, you, know, I mean? you know what card's good when you slap it with like a spider ham and, and like you watch it and you're like, snap. Like you like they they lost. Like he is such an important piece to so many decks. And yeah, man, I mean, I can't even imagine playing some lists without him, you know? If you're kind of early in pool three, I think you could skip Hitmonkey if you don't have Mysterio. Because I feel like Mysterio is married to Hitmonkey in a way because, like, Mysterio is another card. It's in pool three, but it feels like it serves an irreplaceable role in Snap. Like, how many? How often are you asked, like, hey, I don't have Mysterio. What do I replace him with? And you're just like, <laughs> nothing. Like, there's no replacement. Yeah. Hitmonkey and Mysterio are the two cards that I get asked about all the time. And there is no replacement for those cards. Yeah. So I think that Hitmonkey is uh, is definitely worth going for and on. If, if a provided, of course, is not a complete filth cash. Yep, for sure. What about Nebula? Nebula's good. Nebula's good. I mean, it's it's literally one of the best one drops. We just finished talking about it's one of the best one drops in the game. Like, I think that if Nebula's there and you don't have it, you got to get it right. Like, it goes in so many decks. It makes so many decks stronger. I love the fact that it's so non-committal as well. Like, you, you play it on one and just like it's your opponent's problem now. <laughs> like, really, like it's not. You don't need to do anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace uh, out. It's worth going. I, okay, I would say I would go. I would go three three deep on Nebula. No, but if you're going three, you may as well go four. See, this sucks. So what are we doing? What are we? This, this ranking system know, makes no it sense. It is a little backwards. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, I think what is kind of cool is that like a lot of the new, the majority of the new cards are good. So like, there's going to be great mixtures of it, and it's like weighing the pros and the cons. We get the schedule released in advance in a couple of weeks here, and it's just like us as content creators. I'm sure it's going to be a video like week two is a banger. You know, like yeah, I think it's going to happen, and uh, you know, I hope they don't adjust that because I think I'm excited. Uh, but let's go to our last subject here, man. Surprise cards. Turn six MVPs. Now, listen, I don't want this to be... Yeah, do like, hey, man, I got this killer combo. You ready for Shang-Chi killer. <laughs> Put him in your decks. Now, okay, we know. All right, Shang-Chi, good card. All right. What I'm talking about are things like your boy Jeff the Shark popping him in a lockdown lane. Professor X, what the hell, right? Surprise card, Alex, surprise cards are so much more than just like doing something with Shang-Chi. It's you completely took what your opponent had complete confidence in. I think it's something that I, 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 I really focus on. And it's how I've gotten pretty damn good at Conquest. You take something that they are just, they think they've got it, right? Negative, negative, Luke Cage, turn six. Just things that completely take them out of uh, uh, their comfort zone. And they, they weren't expecting it. They were depending, Right on that win, whereas I play Devil Dinosaur, and I'm like, there's a 50% chance this 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 guy's extinct from Shang-Chi, right? So hit me with like some, some stuff that you like to surprise in Conquest to get more wins. The one that I've been using in my deck guide that I just released this weekend was Omega Red. Cozy, no one expects Omega Red, and quite frankly, the card is not even that good. It's a 4-5. The effect is merely okay, yep. but it's literally that surprise factor where on turn six, you drop it and you activate a location. You're usually winning one, and they're like, nah, 
Like, fine. Like, he's winning a location. I don't really care about that one. And all of a sudden, across the board, across locations, yeah. into Sanctorum, into Desto Main, you get that plus four power. It's crazy. I've been using Omega Red as a surprise card on turn six, and it's been fantastic. Yeah, dude, I got on uh, my surprise Ultron deck guide. I got, like, all these comments, like, why the hell is Omega Red in there? I'm like, exactly. Like, that is exactly why he's in there, because he's already wanting to play vertical. You want to play him tall. And you might as well get the extra bonus power on top of something that you're already trying to onslaught or do these other crazy bonuses with. I definitely like that pick. It, it, and it is partial, like, unexpected cards and then also, like, unexpected actions. So, for example, there's not a lot of cards that can do this, Alex. But one of the reasons Darkhawk is so good is you can't... You don't know. Like, turn six even. Are they going to play Rock Slide? Are they going to boost this guy's power by four? Possibly nine because you could play the Rock Slide on the location and with the Mystique, or as a great example, as we talked about, I think on my side, your side, I'm, I'm confused at the, at the moment, but Devil Dinosaur, you've got this card that you can build up. Collector, now that we can have this Nick Fury, Agent Coulson, all of a sudden, they've done like 90 calculations of Doctor Doom and what card you're going to play, and all you're doing is beefing up your lane and playing in another. That is truly like the surprises that get you wins. And it can't be understated how important those are in Conquest. Because when you take your opponent by surprise, you're able to steal those four and eight cube games. I really do think that surprise cards in Conquest are incredibly important. Because when you know that you have an edge that your opponent is not prepared for in the in the form of a surprise card, yeah. that's when you steal cubes. Another one. That, that's been going around a bit more is the uh, really we talked about it but it's perfect we talked about it earlier right so you got this kitty pride you've been building up so much and what's working with her so well is that you're able to play like a 1-8 and whatever it might be as you play it up throughout the throughout the battle and then you can play that alongside in iron man in double that power or what's being popular is the gamora right and it's turned six there's these lanes are closed down and, and it's obvious where they're going to play and all of a sudden you smack a 20 bomb because of these two cards, right? Like it's the creativity like this is truly what's the surprise, right? It's why I play Negasonic. Uh, those weirder cards, man, that just get the job done. I got to say too, I, I think another five cost that just got buffed up is Nimrod, man. Talk about a card that, man, playing Venom and Carnage and, and doing these multiple kind of, uh, you, split the, you split the Nimrod going crazy and you already got your death down through whatever the hell on the first few turns, and you're just dropping, like, mass amount of power, just ma which is why I like Destroy. I feel like Destroy is kind of always, like, you just never know what they've got in their hand. A a is it a Shang-Chi? Is it a Death? A and it has this, like, constant state of surprise. Uh, so this is definitely one uh, that I like as well. And keep in mind, guys, like I just said, Jeff for Lockdown. You can do, if you don't have these cards, something as simple as a turn, and listen, I don't know the combo you'll play. Maybe it's Silver Surfer beats me. Mr. Fantastic, all of a sudden, this lockdown lane, this death's domain, whatever it might be, is getting boosted up at the last second that they did not account for. And so you can use them for priority or you use them as a surprise. It's, it's about looking at the cards and seeing what you can do with them. All right, we have to talk about Giganto for a sec because I have lost so many games when Giganto drops on that left lane. Now, listen, I get it. You're like, Alex, Giganto, seriously. But Spider-Ham's out there. But when they hit the spider hand, they know you have Giganto as a 614. But if that happens, you're laughing anyway. But honestly, like, do you, how many times have you lost games? You're like, seriously, it's Giganto left? Like, that, that happens to me all the time. Does it happen all the time? It doesn't happen to me a lot. But when it happens, I'm like, holy crap. Look at this new card. 
Yeah, fist bump, eh? Like, you got to give him that fist bump there. Yeah. But I, the real one, I said, okay, Giganto was a bit of a meme. I just I had to bring up Giganto. The one for me is Valkyrie. I think Valkyrie is a fantastic surprise play. One of my first Conquest videos that I did was a uh, junk deck with Valkyrie Sentry, where, like, literally, if you're not going to Viper the, uh, the Void over, you can Valkyrie that Void, and it's basically a 13-power swing on that card in and of itself, while also kind of ensuring you're giving up your priority a bit. That's one of the things I think that works really well with Sentry and Valkyrie, where you're kind of, you're giving priority in a lane away, which Valkyrie does really wants to get rid of that priority, right? Um, if you play it on turn six, you can combo it with something like a Soul Stone and Valkyrie. You can combo it with Ant-Man, Valkyrie. Even if you just simply have like a, anything on the board that just buffs like, for instance, like a Blue Marvel, yeah, that Valkyrie lane yeah. is going to absolutely clap, right? The MVP of that deck, the junk deck that I that I featured was Valkyrie. I won eight cubes off Valkyrie. I won four cubes off Valkyrie. No one anticipated Valkyrie. It was one of the ultimate surprise cards. Yep. And I, I love it. And it's hard, it's a hard card to play. And I even tried to play it in like Thanos Lockjaw, but like pulling it out of the lockjaw feel, feels horrible. Yep. It, it really has to be a surprise card. Yeah, I think to to put a bow on a lot of this is that. The biggest thing I see aren't that you won't you know, that people don't have these cards in their deck. It's not that. It's when you play them. It's having the patience to not play that Killmonger. Guys, sometimes it's turn three. You don't have another card to play, but your Killmonger. There's sunspots at a two. Let it grow. Let it grow. Right? Like you just there's no reason to play that. Then you have to have their straight. Now, you have to be careful. You want to map out your turns in advance. You don't want it to be awkward. But like the value, again, you want the false confidence from your opponents. And that's one of the biggest things to grasp. And uh, just to finish us off on that point, like even something like a Cosmo can be a surprise card. Because what happened, like I had a Conquest run in gold. I was against an unrevealed deck. I mean, somebody somewhere posted a ramp-based unreveal list with Black Panther and so I don't know who did it. Just all I'm going to say is I faced it a number of times. And I remember saying to my audience on Twitch, I was like, you know what, guys? We're going to our fourth game. We have not even played our Cosmo yet. They don't realize we have Cosmo. Like yeah. they just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they set up the Black Panther lane and they thought they were all good. They snap. I snap right back. I'm like, this game's done. They have no idea that I have Cosmo. And I slid it there and the game was over. GG. GG noobs. <laughs> Cozy, I got to tell you, this is an absolutely fan. This is a little more like random and off the cuff as opposed to our usual really highly structured conversations. But I actually, I enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun tonight and it is wildly late for both of us. But you know what? For me, this was one of the most fun conversations we've had in a long time. So I want to say thank you for being so receptive to uh, to like our conversations here because it truly is a, an honor to be able to share some Marvel Snap time and conversations with you, my friend. You're beautiful. All right, guys. Well, that is going to be it. Thank you guys for hanging out, checking out another episode of the Snapchat. Until the next one, my friends, happy snapping.